0: secrets a to z i'm anthony j resta and i'm here with our special guest this week joel court from um chase bliss he is the founder and uh ceo right and uh yeah welcome great to, see- to have you here
1: thanks so much for having me it's it's a uh, it's an honor it's a pleasure oh my, oh my god i mean we've we've been we've exchanged uh we've kind of been friends for a while so it's nice to actually you know chat yeah
0: sit down and have a coffee or the internet.
1: <laughs> yeah, I did have, I did. Uh, it's later for me a little later oh. and it's Friday. So I did have, a, I am having a beer. Okay. I hope that's good
0: for you. I. Yeah. That's rock and roll. I love it. <laughs> Well, I have a zillion questions for you and I, I will just jump right in. I, I, I kind of want to kind of start like from the very beginning. I want to know about your, uh, well, first of all, we'll, everybody knows about chase bliss pedals. They're like the, some of the most incredible tools in the universe. Um, they're unlike anything out there and we'll get into all that. But before we go down that road, I want to just talk like hear about your childhood. Like I want to know what was where you grew up and what, what, what got you into music and all that stuff to start out with.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, so I I grew up in this uh, suburb of Minneapolis called Elk River, um, and I was born in '84. So uh, when I, you know, when I was getting to the age of of where I was kind of becoming interested in, um, you know, well, I should, I yeah, it was I, I guess the stuff I was interested in is like the stuff that my older brother was telling me is cool. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, I, I'd like to think that I, you know, that I had my own opinions, but, um, but it was like, you know, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, um, uh, Alice in Chains, Smashing Pumpkins, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. It was like, that's where, that's what we were. Oh, and then, you know, uh, a bit later Radiohead, Um, but that was kind of like, you know, the era of that, of that stuff. And I, I, um, I wanted to be a musician or I thought it was cool. I guess maybe I didn't think it was, I was capable of it. And I was with, I'll never forget this. I just think it's so funny because it's, uh, It just goes to show, like, the perspective you have when you're younger. I think I was uh, 15, and I was in the car with my mom. She was driving me somewhere, and I I was just kind of, like, reflecting. And I said, Mom, if I could do my life over again, I would would learn to play the guitar. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, dude, you are 15. And then so, like, the next weekend she went, they, like, we got um, Mexican made Stratocaster. I still have my, still have that guitar. It's one of my favorites. Awesome. Uh, and just got like this little amp and started learning.
0: Wow, that's so cool! And what an era of music. I mean, that's such a golden era. I mean, it's like all the all the artists had such personalities and like everybody was pushing boundaries and sort of like, you know, getting away from like the past, you know, a- hairband era. Like it, it was like an explosion of creativity. You know, so what a cool time to be, to be immersed.
1: It's kind of weird that this, uh, that you asked me that question because I, um, my favorite band was Pearl Jam and I, I, uh, but I haven't listened to them forever. And for some reason yesterday I was on my way home and I was driving and, um, I listened to some stuff I haven't forever. And I was like, Oh yeah, this is, this is cool. Um, you know, when you like, you haven't listened to music that you really connected with when you, when you were younger or whatever, and it's just, you just, it's strange. You know, what's weird about it is sometimes it's larger
0: than life in a good way. And sometimes it's larger than life in a bad way. Like there's like, like sometimes there'll be something that I loved so much as a teenager and then I'll hear it and I'll be like, Oh my God, that's terrible. And then other times it'll be, it, it can go either way, you know?
1: This was one of those times where I'm like, "This is cool," yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. It can go either <laughs> way. Totally,
0: that's amazing. So, so you started playing guitar, and when did you start messing with like guitar pedals, like, and and getting a, your own sound or trying to f- search for that?
1: Yeah. So this was also around the time where like home recording was proliferating. Yep. And I had a friend who played guitar, and he had this sound card thing you know yeah yeah um and and he he was recording and i don't know if i think he had pro tools or something yep. i don't even know digit design um, yeah yeah something and i as soon as i saw that i was just obsessed with that and so then i got i went out and i bought myself something from my computer and my uh the da that i used was cubase yep. and then I'm like, what are these plugins, you know? And then I started... That's when I kind of started experimenting with effects. Is, wow. Is just, uh, and I, it was a while before I got into pedals, actually.
0: So software was first. That's really yeah. interesting. I mean, that's so cool. Yeah, there were some great programs back in those days, like in the early days. I mean, I remember there was one called... Um, M by a company called Cycle74, and it was like an algorithmic compositional program. You could just put in a few parameters, and suddenly it's like playing this crazy shit that's like... Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Cool. I've actually been thinking about trying to find it and get back into it, because I, I love things that generate... Ideas that I can't come up with.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just a yeah, fun, it's yeah, just to give yeah, just to like a yeah, place. And, and inspire yeah. But yeah, there is something about those er- early days of home recording where it was just it felt so incredibly uh, powerful and magical. Like you could, and you know the quality it was like pretty good yeah. compared to what you're used to or i don't know there's more clarity than sure than you know and
0: adats were i don't I mean, know i just love yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 remember those things the black-faced adats mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. so so yeah so you started uh, experimenting with your friends did you put a band together or anything like that or just mostly just writing and
1: yeah i um i didn't have a lot of confidence i i had some friends uh that were in some really good bands and that i sort of just admired from afar and now now i'm in bands with those guys because i've i've you know got my act together but um but at the time it was more just feeling like i i wanted to to be a musician but I, i wasn't I didn't, I didn't really think I could or something, you know,
0: it's, it's an endless journey. It's, it's never too late to start. And there's just no, no end to where it can go. Um, Mm -hmm. so, so after you did all this, you know, for a while, then uh, what, at what point did like the first inkling of making a pedal come, come along? I mean,
1: yeah. So I still like, I was, it, it, you know, I was doing, I knew about pedals a little bit, like my friends had some, but I, I, I didn't know a lot about them, you know. I knew that, um, you know, they could do some interesting things, but um, I, I was in college. I had, you know, this little recording s- set up in my dorm, and uh, I, I wasn't sure what I wanted to s- study, and I was spending so much t- time and it, um, with. You know, recording and just tweaking things. And then sometimes I'd have like some cheap outboard gear. Like I had a compressor that I just thought was really cool. And, uh, and I started thinking like, I wonder who designs stuff like this. And I'm like, I wonder what kind of knowledge you have to have. And I started asking around and emailing some of my favorite companies. Like I had a pre-Sonus compressor. So I think I sent an email to like pre-Sonus con- uh, customer support. And they're like, those... The people that design those are electrical engineers, oh, and wow. then I was like, okay. And then I went to uh, you know my guidance counselor or whatever, and I was like, I want to change my major <laughs> to electrical engineering.
0: <laughs> Good for you. That's incredible. Yeah.
1: yeah, and then it was still after that. Uh, then you know I built a tube amp that I still play. I love it's like my favorite amp. Um, and that's so cool. Um, then I got started getting into pedals. You know, there was like, that was the progression.
0: Wow. What year was that? Do you think about like, like what pedals would have been popular at
1: that time? Well, so what happened is um, a friend of mine worked, was working at Z-Vex yeah. and I was starting to think about, cause I was, you know, in school and I was starting to think like, well, where can I work once I graduate with this, you know, yeah. degree And my research was showing to me that there was like not, like a lot of the cool audio related comp- uh, companies were in California, yep. so um, so I was thinking about that. But then um, a friend of mine, like, uh, yeah, he's like, well, there's this guitar pedal company here in Minneapolis called zvex and then wow, that's when it was like, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta get a job at zvex <laughs> Wow, you know, yeah,
0: that's amazing. That's so cool. Yeah, that was one of my first like pedals getting into the the z was like i remember uh it was probably it was like yeah early 2000s like we the oo um oh yep. yeah yeah mm-hmm. and um and then the the lo-fi loop junkie i i had the hand-painted ones the really early ones i still yeah, have them
1: I, that's lo-fi loop junk junkie is it's it's one of my favorite me, all-time me too things. me too
0: i, I yeah I, I just love that thing, and it's funny. It's a little different than the Instant Lo-Fi Junkie, which is nice. But there's something about mm-hmm. when you loop it in the in the lo-fi.
1: I don't know, you know. I don't know if you know this about me, but I designed the Instant Lo-Fi Junkie.
0: You got to be kidding
1: me! That no. That's, so I was oh like, God. I was working. I'd been working for a while at ZVex and starting to get uh, more experience. Yeah. And um, so I was working with Zach, and he was getting so much um, customer feedback that was like. I love the sound of the lo-fi loop junkie, but is there any way to get that sound in real time? Ah. And so he said, your job is to study. And there was no way to do it with that circuit because that Zach's design on that pedal was so crazy. It's like this, it's, anal- it's analog. It's very similar to Bucket Brigade technology where it's this old uh, like uh, voice or um, what's it called when you leave a... Voicemail, like a voicemail, chip. yeah, 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 like, 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 back when phones had those. Yeah, so the, it was this weird. The way they stored the audio in there was like sort of analog and weird. And Zach got his hands on some of these chips, and he found, you know, that when you modulated, when you change the power, yeah it would change the playback speed of oh, wow. of the device. So that's how he that's how he had the vibrato, the modulation. That's so cool. So yeah, yeah. But there's no way to do it in real time. It was only it was just recording. So I like I studied all the elements of why why that pedal sounded like it did. It did. And the main the main components of it were like massive compression and there was like um a really steep filter at like I want to say like two point six kilohertz or something, yep. and um, the vibrato, obviously. So then I just tried to re- recreate those elements and got pretty close. So you, you are exactly right. You are exactly right. That it, it is. It is like not the magic of the original of the looper. I think is like it's just not quite the same as that. But, Dan, but you
0: did a great job because I use both. Thank you. I I, do, <laughs> I use both, and it's like. It it's it's incredibly close i mean it really is and i never knew anything about the circuit what i do remember is when i opened the box there was some information that said that uh you could bury it a hundred years later it would still play the last thing you played on it if you hit that mm-hmm. safety switch and that was like to me like the coolest thing ever you know
1: <laughs> that's total yeah that's just like zach uh like a zach just he, he's a great writer um yeah
0: yeah it was amazing
1: uh, yeah so i i felt i was really proud of that project and it was like that that was really so formative for me because there's something about that old warbly lo-fi sound that really i'm still obsessed with gravitated towards yeah Yeah.
0: and it's funny it's like back then it was almost way 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 stranger than it is now now the kids everybody loves that and it's like everybody's gravitating towards that whether it's a tape cassette you know like warbly loop or i mean it's just it's become very in vogue but you know that was a quite a long time ago so it's amazing how ahead of the curve you guys were when you think about it like that
1: well it's so you know? it's so funny too with that pedal because um chase bliss engineer tom majeski who designed uh the generation loss he told me when we first met a few years ago uh that he's like i almost didn't even design the first generation loss because i just thought the instant lo-fi junkie at first he was like i thought that sort of covered the terrain i was going for but um obviously he's he's taken things <laughs> to a whole new level um that but i just think it's funny that he would even say that because i feel like his his uh his algorithms are just so much are so complex and rich. Oh my
0: God. It's like even the generation two versus the, 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 I have both pedals. I have the generation two and then I have the one that you guys collaborated on, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which was, I think I even got a prototype of that one from you. Um, and you know, they're both fantastic and the new one has that mode, but I mean, that's, that's another whole, yeah, it's crazy now. I mean, but it all, yeah, it's, it's,
1: it's it's interesting to kind of, talk about it like this though because i feel like it all sort of traces back to the uh lo-fi loop junkie in a way
0: isn't that int- uh, so cool like this yeah. history this is not important like what we're doing here i feel is important for people to know because this is that's why we're yeah i'm not sure podcast. if i've actually
1: told this story before exactly so yeah, it's kind of well, and we're I, honored yeah we're connecting the dots here today
0: yeah it's really really exciting and a lot of people are going to be very interested in this um so tom i i was a huge fan of his not even knowing that you knew each other, because mm-hmm. um, the, the, I don't know if you remember the Moment Machine.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: The Moment Machine, like, was one of the pedals that kind of really got me thinking about things in a different way. Mm-hmm. Especially like ho- hooking up MIDI to it and assigning and making sequences. Because I've always been in, into programming and sampling, and um, that mach- that pedal really kind of messed my head up. And I was like, wow, this That's is a like a wild another, device. You know, it's yeah. so. Deep and so cool, and Mm -hmm. I use it all the time. And um, and then turns out, you know, then I I remember seeing pictures of his dog and the paperwork, and Mm -hmm. you know, Cooper, and and that, and then all of a sudden, I don't know, a few years, I don't know how many years went by, but we're fast forwarding a little bit, and then I found out that he was going to work for you, which is just amazing. Yeah, and that's how we got to today with the Generation Two, which is just taken the world by storm. I mean, there's nothing like it out there, and it's literally with all those different modes, it's like having like a, a whole bunch of different devices in one, you know, it's crazy.
1: Yeah. Well, when, that's something, uh, well, I was just going to say when, uh, um, when we decided to, to partner up, um, and we had, um, we had gotten together and Tom was mentioning how he, he was, cause I had offered him a job before. <laughs> I, I've, yeah. I just love him. And he had mentioned how, um he was really starting to get fatigued with the business s- sure. side of things and really he would have just just loved to you know to focus more on creativity and development and everything and i was like well i would still love to work together and so we just we 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 both realized that um that we we could really complement each other you know and um and it's it's kind of just it's kind of we talk about it all the time but it's it's kind of just gone perfectly but but when when we um when we started to to actually work together and i you know my first thought is like well we have to do some generation lost something and i didn't know if we were just going to like reissue that collaboration we did originally with some tweaks or something and and he he said like no i really want to like start over i was like wow what like (laughs) dude everybody come on like everybody just want yeah they like we just need to make more of them and he and then so what we settled on because i trust him and i was like let's yeah start working on (laughs) starting over um but it needs to have a mode that has the old Sound in it, the old classic and a lot and of people like, yeah. a
0: lot of people love that mode too exactly. I'm go back to yeah. yeah, so then you it's
1: know? like then we can give give people what they want, but then we can yep. give people something new
0: that's fantastic man it's it's such a deep pedal, and that's one of the topics we can get into a little bit is about how the whole dip switch thing came to be because you guys are the only company that i've seen that when you buy a pedal from you um and you start playing with it, it's literally going to be years before you actually figure out exactly all the things it can do and I think that's just wonderful especially for somebody into the compo- composing and sound design like myself it's like it's endless you know and I think I don't know what sets you down that path I mean the whole yeah. ramp up thing and what the, I mean that's that's a big topic right I, there well
1: I, I actually don't know if I've told this story before but it's it's really kind of simple um it's another kind of old z vex zach vex type of thing um zach's one of his favorite pedals of all time is the boss vb2 um, vibrato and one of the features on there that's very unusual is that it when you turn the pedal on it does like it like the depth raises like it starts at zero and then it it can um ramp up ramp, ramp and so when I started Chase Bliss and I started working on Warp Vinyl, I was like, well, it has to have that because that, like, that's like the VB2 thing that, that, that I love and everybody loves. And then when I was starting to work on it, it dawned on me, I was like, wait, since I'm doing digital control, I could ramp any knob. And I was like, well, <laughs> how, how am I going like, to have the user select which knob that they want to ramp? And then I was just trying to think of it. I was like, I could have a bank of dip switches. Genius. And so then that's that, That's exactly how it happened. And then I was like, well, I'll just let them ramp every knob if they want. <laughs> like, whatever. They can just pick.
0: Incredible. Yeah. And now you guys have made the ultimate expression pedal to go with it so that you can, like, choose the direction. Yeah. Um, that's mm-hmm. the, the EXP, which... Um, that's another whole world. I mean, God, this, we could do, we we might have, this is just, I could go on for, for days. I'm mean, just so excited. Um, th- yeah, it just, it blows my mind, really. And we, you know, th- we can go, I'd like to go back a little further now that we've gone up to the generational loss and We've told that story and how you got started with ZVEX and all that. Let's go back to the beginning of like some of the earlier pedals you made like mm-hmm. the ayahuasca and things like that a lot of people aren't familiar with like what what was the order of, of things like what was the very first
1: So the very first pedal She's was placed. the the first version of Warp vinyl and my thought was okay. like I wanted you know even it does it seems like so long ago but like and it it was it's like 10 years ago um, wow. almost but even it like the market the industry it felt like really hard to break into and really saturated so that was kind of on my mind to sure. try to be like weird and different or but also just be true to myself and do stuff i thought yeah. was cool um, so you know a lot of companies when they would come out they they would their first pedal would be an overdrive you know
0: yep and so yep.
1: my first pedal was like this weird lo-fi vibrato chorus thing and i think a lot of people we kind of thought that was interesting um Got their and attention. then yeah just decided i would do a lot of modulation to start yeah and so i did uh warp final, and then womb tone which was um a phaser and okay. then after that i did gravitas which uh is a tremolo and then and then an interesting thing happens where i a lot of people are like, you need to do a delay, and I, I don't know. I was like thinking, like how how can I do a delay? And um, there is this really famous bucket brigade chip that had been impossible to find up until then, MN three zero zero five, and
0: is that like the ones that like were in the old Boss DM?
1: Um, threes or gosh I should know this Uh, no I I don't I don't know yeah it's a yeah I think so I think those ones had like one of or two chips Um, and then oh no those had one chip I think and then uh, the memory man the old memory man's had them they had two chips so they had a little longer longer of a delay and um, there's this company called x5 and I saw they were reissuing them and I'm like oh this is perfect that now I'm gonna make a delay and I'm gonna use this chip that i wanted to design around so um then uh i think right like before that i figured out that i could move the dip switches from the bottom of the pedal to the side and so then i kind of i did new versions of everything to do that and then and then um did tonal recall um
0: that was a massive release. That would kind of that kind of messed up everybody because there was really no delay like that. Yeah, uh, that really was a huge, you know, thing.
1: Yeah, it was. You, it was pretty crazy. Was what pretty year crazy. was that? Now, Um do you think? I think it was 2016.
0: Okay. Wow, it's just f- amazing how how fast time is. Spent. Yeah, <laughs> just like. Mm-hmm. But that, yeah, that that pedal is, and um, and then then I think for me, I jumped on my very first chase bliss pedal was the therme because um you know tim tim pierce and i work together oh, a lot in the sure studio. yep he we li- we actually live in the same neighborhood we we go for walks occasionally and stuff and um cool you know we share guitar duties on some of these projects um and uh he had two of them and he's like yeah try this thing out and i was like oh my god it just blew my mind and it was like i was working on a hip-hop project and i could do all these old like you know like like Doctor Dre, kind of like, mm-hmm. it was like like the tea kettle thing. I mean, mm-hmm. you could do all, and I was like, "What is this?" You know, and that that the Thermé is just an incredible pedal, and that was my introduction to the whole thing. And I was like, "This is," I mean, even when you pick it up, it's it's like heavier than a lot of pedals. Mm-hmm. It's like there's a lot of stuff uh, in there. That's I can only imagine. I've mm-hmm. never opened one up, but I mean, so yeah, that Thermé kind of like was my mushroom clouds like chase bliss this is like this is this is incredible mm-hmm. so tell me a little about the Thermé. i mean i jumped ahead a little bit but yeah so i
1: mean like the Thermé was um that's still when i was doing all the design and i was i was really feeling the desire to like try to do some because there are some other really cool weird pedals coming out like i think uh montreal assembly count to five was around and like i love that one yeah, yeah. and i was just kind of like gosh i want to do something kind of cr- like Really weird, like that, um, and and so and so I thought about like, well, how, what is like the what is like some of like the strangest things I could do w- <laughs> with an analog delay, and that's, um, yeah, that was Thermae was sort of my attempt af- of that, um, picking up where I left off at tonal recall, and then you know really trying to push it as far as I could.
0: Incredible pedal and that's what that that's was my sort of like go-to and i really got that's when i started like you know getting really into you guys and doing a little bit of research and and then and then i think after that i'm trying to think what came along after well after that, that yeah.
1: is really like that when the age of collaboration happened and like i started to like really work with lots of other engineers you know that's so, so cool. that's like that's i think after that it was like in your area or did you um how did yeah
0: or how did you hook up with these i mean it's really
1: it's real well there was a few things um um so i started to become really good friends with this guy his uh he's known as knobs he's known as knobs on oh i know who that is yeah and so now he actually like we essentially work together um so we ended up just I mean, just really hitting it off on a friendship level, but I think we both really respected each other, and I I was really pretty enamored with some of his ideas and wanted to make uh, make those happen. Um, So, kind of like we would we would figure out what I wasn't able to do as an engineer, and then bring people in um, and just yeah, just kind of try to leverage everybody's strengths and make the coolest shit we we thought we were capable of basically
0: it's like a think tank yeah kind of you know it's just like what what can we do that hasn't been done Mm -hmm. and i and i feel like you know when when i guess well for me like when mood came out and mood is one of my favorite um chase bliss pedals Mm, absolutely i mean it's kind of endless. It's like, and then I saw that you guys put one in a guitar, which is just like freaks, freaks me out at yeah, like some point. Like, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the mood was like another whole thing, and it almost encompasses everything from the beginning to when the mood came out. It seems like, I mean, when you think about it, it's it's a looper. It's a, it's, it's a very deep delay pedal, mm-hmm. and it's all in one. Tell, tell, tell us a little bit about how the mood came to be.
1: Yeah, so this one was like, it was weird. Like uh, what it was like, what's the old saying? Like necessity is the, I don't know, I can't remember. But like, Mother of invention. Yes, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. So um, we're entering a very weird time in Chase Bliss where we had these two really long development arcs where I was working on developing our automaton platform. Um, yep. with the motorized fader controls and um, and I knew that was going to take forever and then we were working Knobs um, and I were working on his Looper pedal um, and that was going to take forever and um, I just kind of developed some the first, our first fully digital pedal called Dark World which was a collaboration with Tom Majeski at Cooper Effects and Robert Keeley and I really liked that platform. And I was talking to knobs. I'm like, we, we could do another pedal like that in while we're working on this, you know, these longer projects. And I'm like, but I want it to be, I want to get it more into this like weird ambient experimental space. So nice. he started cooking up this idea and like we should, and we wanted to do another collaboration. And so um, I had I told him about this, uh this guy named david rollo uh who runs jirolo effects and he's oh, i know david yeah, yeah and so he's he does you know i was just kind of i was kind of really into into what what he was up to with these with this uh micro looping stuff and granular yes granular micro looping yeah that's i just wanted to get into that and um and so we reached out to him, and he he was like, "Yes, I'd love to, collab- you know, love to collaborate." Just one of the best guys ever, uh, as I'm sure He's you know. Amazing. So uh, yeah, yeah. So we had him do one channel or one side of the yep. pedal, and then I had become friends with the guys at Old Blood Noise Endeavors for a few years, sure. and we'd been wanting to collaborate. So so they we decided that they were going to do the other side and have him have this like these two channels sort of interacting and like sharing audio and that it was, it was kind of and then and it just it, it was just the stars just aligned like that pedal came together so quick it was just wild
0: and it's it's been a foundation of yeah. kind of like the next era yeah it's kind of our
1: it was kind of our flagship flagship pedal yeah. like it it's our best-selling thing and it was it just yeah, it's just crazy how art works like that, whether, you know, you're writing a song with someone and like sometimes you, you have this like grand vision and it's so hard and and everything has to be so perfect and then sometimes you'll just write your best song without even like it just happens because everything It comes it, out of
0: the out of the corner of the room and bam, there it is. That's what that's happened something. with mood. Wow. Yeah. That's that that pedal is just so interactive. It's just like I love it. Um, definitely one of my favorites. And then from mood, I guess I, I'm probably skipping stuff. But from mood, we was it blooper
1: next? So yeah, blooper, uh, and then then I think it was around that time where it's Automaton Preamp Mark II came out, um, and yeah, and then we did that was
0: almost like two companies. I mean, like when that that's another whole. I can't even imagine engineering wise, manufacturing wise like that's almost like having another company because those, those are incredibly involved with the motorized faders yeah. and all that stuff. I tell, tell us a little bit about how that branched off and how difficult that must have been to, um, to launch. I think
1: I, yeah, it was, oh gosh, yeah, it's kind of interesting going through this timeline with you. Cause it's like, wow, there's really, it was like, did a lot of like crazy risky stuff <laughs> yeah. and I guess we still do, but I guess you kind of forget, but, um, yeah, that was really my thing, where I, I, I can't. You know, it's. I think like everyone has had the ex, that experience where you're in a recording studio and you see a, a modern mixing console with the the faders that fly around, and you just have like yep. a passing thought, like, oh, that would be cool on a pedal, and then that'll, somebody, someday someday <laughs> someone will do that, and that'll be cool, and. Like just kind of years kept going by and like I'm like man no one's doing this motorized pedal and then of course there's reasons why no one's as stupid it's as me.
0: complicated and but expensive yeah. yeah
1: but I just I made it my mission I was like I want to do this I think this will be cool I would kind of get frustrated with my own effects sometimes because like I would save presets and then kind of wouldn't remember w- what they were so I kind of got obsessed with the idea of being able to recall a preset and have all of the information from whatever setting is that you save just yeah immediately available. Yeah, it's,
0: like to- it's like total recall on an SSL. Yes. Like- yeah.
1: So you just don't even have to think it's like, Oh, that's what I was doing. Yep. I see it. And, and that was kind of the thing um, it turns out the motor control was way more complicated than I thought it was going to be. So I ended up um, hiring this guy, Charlie, he still works here. He's incredible. Um, and he, he just kind of took over i was like dude i think this is as far as like this is hard and he's like yeah it, it is hard he, he 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 um he had some experience with motor control and he, he like flew down here and started get yeah oh gosh that was so fun he's such a great it's guy it's funny because like I don't,
0: I don't know if you know about the the early technology of you know like the neve consoles and flying faders and stuff but there's like fish line and stuff i mean
1: oh like, i don't I mean, know I, that I, I,
0: Oh yeah, I mean that. I mean, like flying faders was probably the earliest, you know, form of this type of automation where you do like you know automation moves and, and a computer like you know you write the moves. And I never knew that until we. I was working on a record in Sydney with um, Nuno Betancourt, um the okay. incredible guitar player, and uh, I was co-producing his solo album. And we were mixing at Studio Three Hundred One in Sydney, and he he noticed he was making these like half dB moves you know, in the automation. And then he'd come back, he'd make a pencil mark and then he'd come back like after lunch or whatever, he'd look and it'd be like a sixteenth of an inch, like off, you know? Mm -hmm. And, 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 and so we're like, oh man, come on, you know, just chill out. It's fine. Just use your ears. You Mm -hmm. know, it's like, and he's like, no man, stuff's messed up here. Something's not right. And then, so they brought in like technicians and everything and they did tones and everything. And, and turned out like the fish wire line that runs the the faders would like sometimes get a little bit stretched or whatever oh. and when it came back it wouldn't be and it but it would be like a quarter of a db off mm-hmm. but you know for somebody who's like really fussy about things and just wants to know in the back of their mind that it's right you know that was it off we went to new york yeah. <laughs> to the hit factory <laughs> <laughs> So we went from summer in Sydney to winter, like snow and shit. It was like oh my total culture shock. Yeah. But anyway, that's, so that's, cool. that's the fake fish. So, I mean, I don't want you to give up any, uh, patented trade secrets or anything, but there's no fish wire in those. No, wires. no, no. And
1: it's really like, it's, it's, you know, it's just the, the biggest challenge from a design perspective was like keeping it low current so that you could plug it into, um, to widely available power supplies um so really like the design requirement was you know i think it was around that time where strymon came out with their zuma power supply and like all of the outlets were 500 milliamps got And it. it's like if we, we got to keep it under 500 milliamps and it was really hard to because those you know they take some current to move the motors but we just tried to make all the moves very gentle and keeping noise out yeah that's got to yeah it's well, luckily for me, I, I, I had become quite uh, well, I mean, pretty experienced in mixed signal design where you got to separate analog, you know, with all the digital sure. stuff. And like, so I, I, I knew I knew how to do that. So that helped with that project.
0: Yeah, the whole the whole process from the beginning, like each pedal that you've taken us through, from analog to digital to di- analog digital control, it's all been a journey. That that cumulative information has enabled you to go into these other areas. It's really really interesting. Yeah,
1: and, and you're right. Yeah, it was kind of just yeah. leveraging off knowledge and just trying to push things farther and farther.
0: So so cool. So then we get we're all the way up to blooper mm-hmm. and um, and I love blooper is one of those pedals that like it, it's, it's still a bit baffling sometimes to me. It's like one of those ones that you never really quite get uh, your head around. Like for me, that's like the Montreal assembly, eight, five, six, oh, you know, the Zelda yeah. side. Yep. It's like, that's another one. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like that about a pedal. Like when I don't, Fully understand it in in a lot of ways. Like that's when the happy accidents mm-hmm. can occur. So I'm I'm okay with that. But the blooper was never as easy for me to understand it as as the the mood was a lot yeah, easier. Yeah, the, the mood's much
1: more immediate. Now that was kind of the thing too. With when we were designing blooper, I think we were we kind of thought like, well, how could we make what would be the the version of this that could just be so immediate and fun? You know?
0: Yeah. Well, what's interesting about blooper and and this is says a lot about you know your pedals in general is like there's I, i'm fans of different uh instagram artists that do, do pedal demos and things and there's some people that were doing things with the blooper that were so crazy different than anything i i could get out of it and that just tells you that how deep the pedal Mm -hmm, is you know mm -hmm. with with the dip switches and all the things and i would actually contact these guys and i say you gotta you gotta take a picture of your dip (laughs) switch and send it to me would you do that (laughs) sure and and you know the instagram community is really really friendly Mm -hmm. and, and sharing information is is a fun thing but that's one of the the exciting things i think about chase bliss is that it's it's a community and it's a subculture. um, You know, like I've seen people do things with the blooper. They're like, what the, how did you do that? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like, I can't get anything remotely like Mm -hmm. that, you know? So I think that's, that's just, I mean, I'm not to, not to blow smoke up there, (laughs) you know, the whole time, but, but you know, but I just think that's incredible. So thank you. That takes us all the way through the blooper. Mm -hmm. And then, the next logical thing to go to from there is probably habit. Yep. Right. Yeah. And, um, yeah, let's talk about, you can give me some background. And you know, it, I think it was an,
1: another, it? a little thing like where it was, it was, um, it took us so long to develop the DSP hardware platform platform for blooper. And it uses this like weird specialized chip and, I was just thought, you know, from a manufacturing perspective, cause I'm always kind of trying to be like pragmatic about that stuff. Um, I talked to knobs and I'm like, we should do, cause a lot of people there's, it was blooper could be a really cool delay, but it was a little clunky to use it like a delay. And I was like, what if we made a delay pedal that had blooper the DNA in it? and, and what would you do with that knobs? So we started talking about that and he, he ended up taking it way weirder and farther than I expected. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's how habit came. It's almost like,
0: it's almost like it has a, a a raspberry computer inside of it. Like, you know, like, you know, like some of those, that seems like the next era of pedal making is going into that, that world where, you know, so that, yeah, I agree. So I'm really interested. Yeah. Yeah. I think, so, you know, to talk about the future, like, not, I don't want you to give mm-hmm. away any any secrets or anything, but where do you see the next, you know, like, five years, like, where things are going with Chase Bliss, and can you give us a little bit, you know, background on, like, some of your philosophies about, like, what's the future hold?
1: Well, yeah. I'm really, like, you know, I've been doing way less design and kind of, like, settling in this role where um, I'm... I'm kind of like the captain of the ship and like trying to assemble the best team that I possibly can. Yeah. I'm going to be doing a little bit more design in the next couple of years. I have some stuff I'm doing, but um, uh, but we have, we have like five things we're working on right now. I would say one big emphasis overall that I, I don't feel weird revealing right now it's just more of an emphasis on uh stereo devices yep. um sure because it seems like that's what our customers want and especially i was kind of uh tom really pushed for stereo on generation loss and because at first i was like no and he's like yeah this is important to me and i'm so glad that i listened to him because oh me too yeah it, it, it it's just necessary you know and so I think you're going to be seeing a lot more stereo stuff from us. Um, Super cool. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think of what else I can say. You know. Um, yeah, I don't want yeah. you to give away too much, but I just I mean, was kind of curious about. Yeah, it. just we're going to keep 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 trying to make weird but usable cool stuff. I mean, we're we're kind of getting like I think out like we're much more interested in the user experience than. Then when I started where was just let them do anything, you know, who cares? And it's like, well, we want them to connect with the device and have some kind of a relationship and have it be like respect people's time, you know?
0: Yeah. You know, that's so cool. So just all that stuff. You know, I'm big into stereo. I don't know if you know anything about like what I do, but a lot, a lot of for years, I mean, I'm going back to like 2008, nine, ten. 10, I was doing like, you know, tape echoes into eventide harmonizers into an amp over here and an amp over here you know and miking them both and like having things moving around between those two amps so i've always you know bent my sound design process has uh always been big in the stereo world so that's exciting news for me great and, um, yeah one, one thing about i have to say one thing that's really cool about your pedals and you know, for years and years I did these crazy, crazy convoluted complex chains and they're, they're documented uh, a lot on my Instagram feed and other places. And, and I, I, I had a lot of really great results and, you know, made, I hardly ever would do the same thing twice. But one thing I, I learned about from working with Chase Bl- Bliss pedals is, is oftentimes less is more. It's like, I don't need a whole bunch of pedals. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm, I'm, you know, it's just usually like, just one Chase Bliss and one other thing if I need a filter or whatever. So it's, 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 the pedals are so deep and so useful that it forces you to kind of, it just makes you want to like not dilute it. Yeah. You know, and I think that's, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of cool. I see a lot of people that they're these ambient type artists. I mean, one of the things I say to them when they ask me for advice is like, you know, you have to go through that journey where you want to use too many pedals at once. Yeah. I mean, everybody's going to go down that journey. It's part of the journey, mm-hmm. you know. But what you, what I find is it, it dilutes all of them. And yeah. all of a sudden, like, they're, they're all getting robbed of personality. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one thing I like about um, the Chase Bliss pedals is, like, once you discover that it's there. You, you, you don't need 10 of them in a row to, to you know, you're only, you're only taking away, not adding in other words. Yeah. So that's, that's what, that's like kind of maturity that comes from getting older and like leaving space in your productions, like not having 200 tracks. You I know, agree. Like all that stuff. Yeah.
1: And yeah. I think too, that it's like, it's not just our company. There's, there's a lot, there's, you just see that more and more in the industry where like one pedal can do a lot, you know, and you yeah. just have to be, Aware uh, that, yeah, you don't you want to just use what you need for for the task at hand, you know,
0: it's a personality thing, too. It's like there's like like a habit has a really wonderful, quirky personality. If you drench it in tape echo and and run it through a filter and and a bunch of other things, it's like a lot of that personality gets Covered up. So, anyway, that's just part of the journey. I feel like as a producer and a composer, you know, the older I get, the more I get into space and you know, you know, leaving leaving things out. You know, so that's just kind of all coming together for me. You know, at this late stage of the game, I've been making records for nearly three decades. So. but well thanks man it's just wonderful to have you on here is there any other stuff that we didn't go through i think we kind of got well we got up to date on like the whole history of the yeah i mean we company. actually covered a lot
1: of yeah. ground in a remarkably short yeah. amount of time i'm feeling like yeah I'm, that's what i usually do I'm, okay this is um, your thing yeah
0: <laughs> no but it's this is just a really exciting uh episode i want to hear some i want to hear some music from your band okay and stuff you know, yeah we you just
1: know. recorded an album so we'll we'll, ha- we'll have one coming out in a few months now probably like 6 months yeah yeah and thanks for being my friend and it's nice to actually you know oh. it's cool to have a conversation and yeah look look forward to future hangs i mean it's
0: so wonderful to meet you and uh and just thank you so much for being on this is studio secrets a to z signing off and we'll see you next time